This week's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Sovereign Financial. Mike Cuckle and Will Hines are incredibly gifted at taking care of you and your investments. They both are good friends, and I trust them with my family's future. They not only focus on your ROI, but they also do in-depth research and investigation so you can rest assured that you are only investing in like-minded companies. They call it biblically responsible investing. You can reach out to them at SovereignFIN.com. Again, that's SovereignFIN.com to make an appointment. And if you tell them you heard about them on this podcast, they will give you a free portfolio review and consultation. This episode is also brought to you by Finance of America. They're in the people business, and they are anxious to welcome you into their family. It's one thing to get a mortgage, but it's a completely different thing to get the right mortgage. My wife and I refinance with Mary and Loftus at Finance of America right here in our own hometown. They're not far off, and they don't have 100,000 employees. We were able to lower our rates substantially and refinance our home. Let Marion help you get started today by calling her at 864-529-1463. She can help you with an over-the-phone application and answer any questions that you have. Don't miss out on having Marion find you the right mortgage for you and your family. Again, give her a call at 864-529-1463. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach, the lost, and the forgotten. Whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world. Here's your host, John Andrews. Hey guys, and welcome back to I Say All That to Say This. I'm your host, John Andrews. Today is a very special day. A day that I honestly thought would never come. My first book in partnership with Impact Sports is being released on Amazon today. The book is called Utterly Amazed Stories from Outside the Boat. That name comes from two passages that God gave me at very specific moments in my journey with him. The story of Peter stepping out of the boat onto the water tells the story of part of my journey. Jesus wouldn't have done the miracle of letting Peter join him out on the water if Peter hadn't been willing to step out of the boat. In a similar way, I had to step out away from what I knew, not knowing exactly where my yes would take me. And then about five years into ministry, God rocked my world with a passage that has become a rallying cry and the heart of impact sports. In the first part of Habakkuk chapter one, the prophet is whining and complaining to God about God not hearing his prayers and allowing injustice destruction, and violence to exist. Shortly after I started in ministry, I discovered the Lord's response to Habakkuk in verse 5. Now, in the context of Scripture, God is referring to him rescuing the nation of Israel. But I believe the same is true for us today. I believe when God allowed me to discover this passage, he was giving it to me and to this ministry. Habakkuk 1.5 says this, Look at the nations and watch. And be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. So what God is saying is that he stands ready to do something in and through us that is so far-fetched, so hard to believe, that if he told us before he did it, we would simply say, nah, God, you're crazy. Sounds similar to Peter's story, doesn't it? I know this is true because I've seen it in my own life. I've also seen it in the lives of those crazy enough to go with us. 
So there are no two passages that better describe what the last 18 years of ministry have been for me and the hundreds that have joined us out on the water. So I could think of no better title than Utterly Amazed Stories from Outside the Boat. But as I said before, this is my first time through this whole writing and publishing process. My wife has written a book, and it's gone through several publications, so I was able to watch her go through that process, but I was only watching. And the process is constantly changing with the addition of ebooks and audiobooks and everything being formatted for each platform. There are countless numbers of I's to dot and T's to cross, both literally and figuratively. It's not an overstatement to say that I could not have done this without the help from some very talented people. Today, I get to talk with a few of them and celebrate their gifting. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, Paul tells the church this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. I've always been a team sports guy, and that picture doesn't get any clearer. Everyone using their own skill set for the betterment of the team. That is who these guys are, people who use their gifts to help make this project a reality and do something for the kingdom that I absolutely could not do myself. Our first guest is Dennis McEntee. Dennis is the CEO of the Leadership Development Group. He's a leadership coach and a keynote speaker. Dennis is the author of several books. Some of them are The Eight Qualities of Drama-Free Teams, The Power of Pursuit, Drama-Free Teams in Healthcare, Drama-Free Productivity, and Drama-Free Relationships. For those of you that are looking for a drama-free environment, Dennis might be the guy for you. Uh, connected through a mutual friend, Dennis's leadership development group has helped us produce the finished copy of Utterly Amazed Stories from Outside the Boat. So I wanted you to uh, be able to hear from Dennis and kind of his story and where he's come from and, and the vision that God's given him in helping people like us uh, put put our story on paper. So welcome, Dennis. Glad you could join us. John, I'm so glad to be here. And I'm super excited about the launch of your book, right? It's like, I, I loved working on the project. I, I loved everything about it. I love the mission. So let, let's get it launched. Let's get it out in the world. And let, let's help a lot of people. Well, tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, just kind of backstory, because you didn't you didn't start out by being a business consultant or a leadership guru or even a, a, a publisher. No, I, I really started my career as, as a youth pastor. OK, right. In um, went to Bible school and about 15 years ago, just got a chance to work with a with a bank in Oklahoma. And I realized that, wow, the same principles that I used in church and worked with people, they really work in all spheres of of the world. Hmm. And so what's been fascinating as we've been on this journey is that we've actually led more people to the Lord in corporate settings than we really have, you know, preaching in a church. Wow. And so I sort of realized that, you know, the Bible works. Yep. You, you know, if you work the Bible. Yeah. Right? It's it, it's like timeless truths that really change people's lives and really they change them whether you're a believer or not a believer. Hmm. And so it's been a fascinating journey and as I've just kind of walked through it just getting real clear on what I'm gifted at, what I'm not gifted at. Mm -hmm. And helping people publish books was just something that uh, I discovered I'm good at. Yeah. And I enjoy books. Yeah. I enjoy creating content. And it's just part of the gift of God that's on our lives. And I think that's like 
I think that's the goal for everybody, right? There's a scripture that says that God will keep you busy with the joy of your heart. Mm. And that's in Ecclesiastes 5. And so I think that's the goal, right? Is that, you know, God will keep people busy, like find that joy and then, you know, immerse yourself in that. And then everything kind of funnels out from that. Yeah. The output of uh, your ministry and our ministry looks a little bit different. Um, you're you're in talking to corporate um, companies and 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 their leadership, and you're helping publish books, and we're in other places around the world teaching sports. But the principle is still the same, and I love what you're saying. In a business setting, the biblical principles that you teach hold true whether they know it's the Bible or not. Uh, a lot of places where we work. That's that's the case. We can't openly teach the Bible. We can't say it's the Bible. One of my favorite stories uh, is we were working with the Basketball Federation in a, a, a place in Southeast Asia. We can't name, obviously. And um, the president of the the vice president of the Basketball Federation was with us the entire week. And there was a point in time where instead of doing basketball stations where we split everybody into groups and rotated them around, you know, doing ball handling or rebounding or shooting or whatever, we actually did character building stations. Love it. And so we split them into groups and, and moved them around, and each coach taught a character uh, uh, a character trait that, that we find in Scripture. And I remember he came and sat in on one of my sessions, and I was teaching the Bible, just not given the reference. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I can't even remember which which uh, what scripture it was. But in the closing ceremonies, because they have open and closing ceremonies for everything in these places. Yeah. Um, and so at the end of the week and the end of the clinic, he begins to uh, quote this passage of scripture. Yeah. And saying, "This is what we want for our basketball federation moving forward. This is the." This is the mindset we need to have, and and we all uh, our team started looking around because they they didn't realize what had happened earlier in the week when he sat in on my session. So they thought he was just he they thought he was teaching scripture, and yeah. he was he just didn't know it. And I you know I I love it because you know the Great Commission is is you know go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. So so think about this, we can actually disciple people before they even give their hearts to the Lord. Mm. It almost kind of primes the ground, and so the it, that's what you're doing. Right. You're, you're going into these nations and you're discipling them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, down the road, you know, they open up their hearts, you know, to the gospel right. and, you know, they receive the Lord. But you can actually disciple people and almost like prime the pump and get them ready. Yeah. You know, get their hearts ready. So yeah. I, I love what you guys do. Well, and we've seen it from both sides. We've, we've yeah. been that person that has introduced scripture, introduced the gospel story. Uh, and it's brand new for the first time. And then we've also come across people where we are beginning to share the gospel and said, you know what, somebody else, uh, I ran across somebody else a year and a half ago, and they said the exact same thing, and then it clicks. It didn't the first time, but the second time it clicks. And yeah, then, and, it, and it's almost like we all have a part to play. Yeah. Right? It's like, you know, some people plant, some people water, Absolutely. some people harvest, right? But we've all got a part to play, you know, in, in the gospel story. Mm-hmm. And the principles that you teach in a corporate setting uh, come straight from Scripture. And turns out they apply in a lot of different places, right? It absolutely does. And, you know, many times, you don't know how many times that we've helped organizations grow their revenue. Uh, like I built a sales process from Second Kings chapter 6. Hmm. And after after they did like multiple millions of dollars, you know, through the sales process, I sat with the owner and said, hey, you know, here's where it comes from. Hmm. And we he couldn't argue. Right. Right. It's like, well, gosh, I can't even argue. And he ended up giving his heart to the Lord. Wow. And, you know, 
but that's a real practical way. And I, I think for a lot of us, it's like, we just got to look out where we are and what's in front of us. And then how can we make a difference? You know, sometimes we think like, oh, you know, I'm not doing, you know, impact sports and I'm not like, you know, you know, in these, you know, closed countries where you get a chance, but everybody's got a mission field, right? right? Everybody's got a world out in front of them. And I think that's the key is like, just start where you are. Just impact the people that are right in front of you Hmm. and let God do the rest. Man, that's good. Uh, How did you... Because you, you you not only had youth pastor back, background, but you served you and your wife served overseas. Yeah, too. we we were missionaries in uh, Eastern Europe okay. for for years. And so, how do you transition? Oh gosh, uh, from Bible school to some might call it seminary. Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, seminary Bible school to youth pastor to overseas missions to uh, corporate leadership and and writing books and that kind of thing. Oh gosh. Um, it's, it's a long story. We're going to try to do it like in just a, in about a minute. Okay. I, I, I think the key is that really there had to be a mindset shift for me. Hmm. And it really took me a, a little while to kind of walk through the mindset of almost like what ministry really is. Because sometimes we think like if we're not in the four walls of the church, like John, I had somebody ask me when we started doing corporate work, they said, well, Dennis, why did you leave the ministry? And I was like, I, I, I didn't... I didn't ever feel like I left, right? But it really was this, I had to go through an entire mindset shift. Mm -hmm. And really, I I went through a couple years of just identity crisis. Mm. Because the person that I thought I was is not the person that I now am. And and I think that's kind of the key. It's like, I think we're all kind of like transforming and maturing into the person God has already created us to be. Mm. And I think God has already, God created me to be this way. But, you know, like I started my career like in the 80s, right? So I went to, you know, Bible school in the 80s. And, you know, there there was not a paradigm of what I do back in the 80s, right? right? It's like, you know, if you wanted to help people, you wanted to reach people, you just went to the ministry. And we went into missions because that was kind of the only paradigm that we knew at the time. But as we transitioned back, I realized that, you know, God's doing some really cool things in the world today. And there's a lot of new paradigms, but I think there was this whole mindset shift. And for me, how it happened is I just had some people kind of take me under their wings. And I think, you know, anytime you want to go to a new level, it's like you need a new mentor to kind of take you Mm. there. And so I had another pastor that was actually doing the same thing. He was pastoring a church and doing corporate speaking and consulting. And he really took me under his wing. And I think that's a great question to kind of leave people with is like, who do you want to become? And then who's already doing it? Mm. And then you need to get around them. Yeah. Because he really taught me the mindset. He taught me, you know, skills. And I think that's sort of a key is like anywhere you want to go, somebody's already done it. Mm. Right. And success always leaves clues. So find the people that are already doing what you want to do, get near them, learn, and you'll eventually be able to do those same things. Success leaves clues. I've never heard that, but I like that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's why we partnered, right? You're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I don't know how to do a book. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's the easiest thing in the world. (laughs) Right. Right. That's that's simple. Here's how, here's how we're going to do it. And it's almost like, I think it's true for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. It's maybe the things that are complex for you right now in your life, as you're listening to this podcast, it's like, look out and go, okay, who already has that answer? Mm. Right. Who's got my answer. Right. And then partner with them. Right. It's like, I, I think God is a very relational God mm-hmm. and he takes us to these different seasons through relationships. Mm. 
right? Every time that God comes in to bless your life, he does it through a person. Yeah. I mean, the devil does the same thing. Right. If the devil comes in to destroy your life, typically through a person. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's very relational. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm actually going to read something out of the, off the acknowledgments page of, of the book as you're talking. It, it's exactly what you're saying. Um, it reads like this. This being my first book, which it is, I realized several things. Number one, writing a book is an incredibly time-consuming pr- uh, project. It's also yeah. a lonely process. Therefore, you must have those in your life that support you, encourage you, and enable you. Yep. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I think you've probably seen this, John. It's like, I, even though I've written a lot of books, we have a lot of people write books. People say, well, Dennis, don't you just love to write books? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I love to have written a book, mm, yeah. but I don't love to write a book. Right. right. Because just like you're saying it, it is a lonely process. And maybe if you're, if you're listening to this and you're kind of in that lonely process, you know, reach out, reach out to some friends, yeah. reach out to some people that can help you through the journey. Well, leadership development group, your, your company has been a, a godsend for us, uh, perfectly timed. It came after I had finished uh, the manuscript. I remember you, you saying we, when we first met, uh, we were probably 30 minutes into the conversation. You said, well, it sounds like you pretty much have it all together. What, why are we meeting? And I, I needed to clarify, no, I don't. I, I've uh, had to train myself for many years to sound like I have it all together uh, because of uh, – you know where we work and and what we do and 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 trying to make make way there but we were a long way from the finished product and you guys have been uh so gracious with that and um lending that leadership to us as you're talking though and i'm thinking about you're saying have people around you or look to see uh people who have succeeded in certain areas i'm reminded of our story Hmm. right i was having a conversation with uh somebody just last week um, about miscarriages wow. and uh, he was he was having a uh, he was he had had a couple of, he and his wife had had a couple of miscarriages and he was able to counsel uh, someone who was just had a younger couple who was just now going through that yeah and um, uh, we had my wife and I had three miscarriages before our daughter our first daughter was born and and um, we've had that same opportunity and so even in tragedy your story is your story right yeah. And, you know, I, I, we, in the concept of uh, evangelism, have so many people say, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know all the right words. I don't know all the right answers. What if they, they ask me something I can't answer? And my response is always, you tell them what God's done in your life. That can't be questioned. Yeah, it's like people don't argue with that. I yep. can, I'll argue with scripture, yeah. but you can't argue with this personal experience right. of what Jesus has done for me. And so those are oftentimes the most effective evangelists. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in this context, the people who have already lived it are the people we need to be seeking out as we're walking through something as well. Yeah, it's a, that's so true, right? It's like some it, somebody has your answer. Yeah. Just, you just got to find them. Hmm. Somebody has your answer. Um, I like that. So uh, give me one behind-the-scenes look at the writing the book process, right? <laughs> Ooh, because it kind, of, it kind of pull the curtain. Yeah, back and yeah. Kind of the, the ugly, ugly a little that's bit. That's right. Because it, it it took me, and and you said something when we first met. I I thought was incredibly profound. I, I don't think it just popped into your head that that morning. It sounded like you've had this conversation with many people like me before. But you said, um, authors, those that have a story to tell, which we've already established as everybody. You have yep. your story, right? Yeah. 
uh, authors who have a story to tell are not necessarily writers. I, I think that's the big hurdle sometimes for people to get over is that, well, yes, I'm the author, but I don't have to be the writer. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, it's like the fastest way to write a book is to not write a book. <laughs> I mean, truly, I would agree with that. Right, yeah. The fastest way to write a book is to really speak a book. And, you know, to part of our process and part of the behind the scenes is that we transcribe everything. Mm-hmm. Every podcast I do, every talk I give, um, our authors that we work with, I encourage them to, you know, record everything. In fact, we we have an interview process. John, you'd already come to us with a finished product. This didn't necessarily apply to you, but a lot of times like we will set up interviews where yeah. we actually just pull the content out of out of an author because it's in there. Yeah. Right. It says, like, you know, Proverbs says that wisdom in the heart of man is like deep water. Mm-hmm. Right. But a wise man knows how to draw it out. Mm. And so we kind of believe that that story is inside of people. Yeah. And we've just kind of, we've just developed a process to, to draw it out. <laughs> when we first met, I had just finished the manuscript and you said, uh, you told me about this process. And I don't know if I actually verbalized this or I just thought it really loudly. But I said, where were you back in January when I started this process? Uh, because those of you that listen to the podcast and obviously the name of the podcast, I say all that to say this. I love telling stories. Writing stories was a completely new challenge for me. Yeah. And really, when you get over that hurdle, because there are people that are very gifted mm-hmm. and we're just privileged to have a really gifted team yeah. of people that are skilled in knowing other people's voices hmm. because it's a real skill to step in and go, okay, I'm not going to write this as me. I'm going to write this as somebody else's voice. And sometimes uh, some of the nitty gritty is, is that they bring me stuff and I'm like, yeah, that's not John's voice. Right. I mean, I mean they brought, yeah. you, you know, a couple of our editors, they brought me a couple of things. I said, wait, before you send this, I'm telling you, this is not John's voice. Right. And here's, and so some of that is, it's a back and forth. It's yeah. a collaboration. Um, you know, in just being willing to take some of that feedback from both sides. Yeah. It, you've been very gracious. We've given you some feedback and might've hurt your feelings a little bit. Right. And, but you, you kind of took it and you shared some things with us that kind of hurt our feelings a little bit, but <laughs> right. Right. But, but we're in a relationship yeah. and, and that's some of the back and forth collaboration. Yep that really needs to happen. And so it's been it's been so fun doing the book with you. Well, and it's been good for me to have people that don't really know our backstory reading the book uh, because anybody else that I might have had proof this or edit this, um, my wife is a, is a published author, and so she, and she was an English teacher, an English major, all that kind of stuff. So she was my first candidate. But she lived a lot of these stories. Yeah. Um, and then with us, but then she also has heard me tell these stories time and time and time again. And so her perspective on editing and shaping those stories was different than somebody who maybe had never heard the stories before. And our prayers that this 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 book go be well beyond the people that have already been involved uh, with our ministry and therefore somebody's hearing these stories for the first time. So it, uh, your folks provided a unique perspective. Well, and I think you bring up a great point is that when you're emotionally connected to the outcome, yep. right? And all authors are emotionally connected sure. to that book, right? It is a part of them. Yep. So you're emotionally connected to the outcome. So your focus tends to get a little fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Your clarity needs to be a little cloudy and you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. 
And so hmm. authors are kind of in the bottle of their story. Yeah. And a lot of times it's helpful for people that don't know the story to step outside and, and give some perspective. And it, it, and I think that's some of the messy, messy, right? Because yeah. that can hurt people's feelings. You're like, well, well what do you mean? This, well, this is it. And just to get some other perspective, because, you know, just in a credit to you, it's like, you want it to go everywhere, John, mm-hmm. right? We, we want these stories to be everywhere in the world. Right. And for that to happen, you need to have some other people looking at your content yep. and being able to like receive the feedback. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of that feedback is, um, it can be a little messy. Yeah. But um, you did a great job, John, just going through the process. Well, and, and I remember the first response I got back from uh, one of your editors that looked at our project. Um, there, was a, there was a paragraph at the end of the introduction that was all about security and don't even if you know some of the people in these stories and you know uh the people that are writing then telling these stories and everything else please do not share this information to protect the work that we do and where we do it yeah and she didn't really know our backstory so she didn't and it was just the end of the introduction so she hadn't really gotten into many of the uh stories themselves and she responded. She said, this sounds a little dramatic. Do you think this needs to be in here? And I said, yeah, let me set the stage. It absolutely needs to be in here. That's why we're we're yeah. doing it this way Yeah, uh, because of where we work. So I love what you just said. You can't read the label from inside the bottle. Um, and, you know, sometimes and th- that's true in life. Sometimes you're so close to something that you can't objectively see it. You're so emotionally wrapped up in it. Maybe that that that's relational. That's relational truth. Hey, it, it it's truth everywhere, yeah. right? Whether it's your business, your book, your marriage, um, your kids, it, it's just a reality. And that's why we need other people in our lives that can speak to it from other perspectives and, and really help us see. Yeah. Because yeah, clarity really is power. And so when you see it, then you can change it. Yeah. And even as I'm seeing, you know, as you work with people, John, across the world, it's like probably one of your big jobs is to help people just see it. Yeah. See that they need it. Yeah. See that they need yep. Jesus. See that they, you know, this is a hole in their life. But if they don't see it, they're never going to reach mm. for it. And sometimes they're so wrapped up in the culture or the religion where they are, they're inside that bottle and they can't see the truth outside of it. Yeah, and, huh. and so it's, it, I, I think that's the thing for all of us as we continue to work with people is we're, we're first just helping them see it. Because mm-hmm. I think, I, I mean, really, I mean, if people really saw the goodness of God and really saw, you know, Jesus for who he really is, it's like, why would you not? Right. Right, why? Well, I, I mean, I'd be an idiot not to give my heart to the, I'd be an idiot not yeah. to live for Jesus, you know, on this side of heaven. Right. It would be insane. To me, it's insanity. Yeah. But why don't people, because they just don't see it. Mm-hmm. And so part of our goal is to really help them see it. And sometimes that's the beauty that we see in a sunrise or sunset. Sometimes it's the beauty we see in life, in new life. I remember I was, uh, used to work with a college ministry and, and we went to the Passion Conference uh, oh, yeah. years yep. ago and they sang a new song uh, they would always introduce new music at the Passion Conference, and they sang a song, and it was kind of an upbeat song. And, but the chorus went, "I'm not ashamed of the one who saved my soul." And it was it was fast, it was fun to sing, and so right. we we're singing. And then all of a sudden, it hit me: Why in the world would I be ashamed of the one that saved my soul? Saved my soul. Those words. That's a miracle. Yeah. And if someone did a miracle in my life, how in the world or why in the world would I be ashamed of them? Yeah. And why wouldn't I tell everybody? Absolutely. Hey, this is a miracle that happened for me. Yeah. It can happen for you too. And we're doing that just in different places. Absolutely. But, uh, you guys have been 
like I said a minute ago, a godsend, and you, you, your people help put this together, and uh, today's the day, right? It's it's coming out today. It. I love it. So <clears throat> go get your copy. Yeah. To wherever books are sold, you go get your copies, right? And and, and buy multiple copies for friends. Yeah. I think that's true. Uh, but at the same time, if there's somebody out there listening and you have a story to tell, you're the author of your story, but maybe you're not a writer. Um, check out Leadership Development Group. Their their website is leadershipdev, as in short for development, leadershipdevgroup.com. Dennis, thank you for joining us. Uh, you've been a godsend for us, and this has been fun to give everybody a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at how this this book came together. Absolutely. Looking forward to the book being released, and um, awesome. I love it. Thanks. Thanks, Dennis. Yep. My next guest is Will Mathis. Will is an incredibly talented artist and designer. He'll soon be finishing up at USC Upstate, and Will designed the cover for our book. Will, welcome to I Say All That to Say This. Hello. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. I've always listened to the podcast. Now I'm on the podcast. This, yeah. It's weird. It's kind of like that dream quality thing. It's dream quality. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but we were talking about it before we started recording. And uh, so I'll just I'll just go with that. But uh, thanks for joining us today. As I mentioned, we'll design our cover, uh, both the front and the back. Uh, I had an idea of what I wanted it to look like, um, but I had no idea how to make that thought that dream uh there we go uh come alive creatively and i certainly could not draw it out myself even my stick figures are out of proportion i've never been able to do that kind of stuff uh before will took my ideas and ran with it and the result is something we're very proud of and uh first of all before i ask you a single question let me say thank you for putting the time and the effort into uh to designing our cover and then some other alternative logos that we'll talk about in a little bit but uh thank you thank you thank you no thank you will let me ask you this question yes to start with how long have you been drawing slash creating art hmm. i want to say like all my life john um just i've always used my hands like heck one christmas i got all like craft supplies i, I loved it yeah i was like my mom noticed it, and then my... Do you know how old you were when you got all craft supplies for Christmas? Maybe four, five. Oh, okay. All right. So early on. Early on. Okay. All right. Your your mom, what? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, my mom noticed it, and then my grandmother noticed it, my nana. And then she that's how she got me into art lessons with Pamela Brown. Hmm. Okay. So when did you... When did it be... When did, you, when did it go from interest, right... Mm-hmm. mentioned doing this i kind of like doing this too maybe i'm gifted in this mm-hmm. and before you even answer because <laughs> you're you might be struggling with this it's hard sometimes hard mm-hmm. to talk about our own gifting mm-hmm. right and uh but but just know that that your gift is god-given and mm-hmm. I, that 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 phrase is often overused and even misused when we talk about god-given mm-hmm. gifts but your ability to draw your ability to create that is god given mm-hmm. and so don't be ashamed of that i've been so, told i've been created to create and i've taken that to heart that's cool it created cool. to create i like that so at what point did you realize that you were created to create well i noticed like how i could always do this with one thing and then always 
I'm all, my hands were always on something, making something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize you can have a career in it. And basically until college, when I was like, I know people, all artists are not all just painters. Mm-hmm. It's even like menus or anything you see every day. People created that and it goes a lot into it than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Menus. Uh, when I think of artists, I do not think of menus, mm-hmm. yeah. but you're right. And even even the stuff with with the book, I, I, I remember this was a simple thing. Well, I say it was a simple. It seemed like a major thing on our end. Mm-hmm. But you're like, no, no, no problem, because you, you had designed the back cover, and we had the two scripture references that are key to mm-hmm. the to the uh, title of the book, and um, and in yellow banners, rectangles. <laughs> I don't know what you call <laughs> text them. Boxes. Text boxes. That's there you it. go. <laughs> Across the, the the top of the back page mm-hmm. and at the bottom of the back page. And again, something you don't think about very much, but oh yeah, we get close to it. We've got to get an ISBN number. The book has to have a par- barcode and all that kind of stuff. All the nitty gritty stuff of uh, publishing a book that I'd, I'd never done before. And so I came back to you and said, "Man, I hate this. I love the way it looks, but we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have this small corner of the mm-hmm. back cover available for that barcode." And you're like, "Hey, no problem. I'll just re- you know tweak this and do this and move this over here." And mm-hmm. and uh, you just as one wise man said, act react act adapt react <laughs> the office okay yep <laughs> act <laughs> okay so not necessarily so wise a man uh all right so let me ask you this because I, as i've said before i don't have this gene i don't have this this creative um ability so give me an idea of how your brain which obviously works very different from mine. So this is, mm-hmm. I, I'm seriously asking this question. How did your brain go from hearing my idea for the cover to the final product? When you first intro- introduced it to me, I was like, okay, we have a boat going on all this, but while you were speaking, it's already going in my head. What works, what, what's going to work, what might not work, what seems interesting, what seems like drawn out a lot, but it's always in my head. Hmm. And then it just, it builds and then it takes to get onto paper. But when you, when, you, when you get onto paper, it could be totally different, but that's what you get. Hmm. Did I, I don't even remember, because this, this has been four or five months ago now, a lot's happened since, but um, when we first talked about it, did, did I say what I wanted the boat to look like? Somewhat. Okay. You wanted like a perspective of like being outside the boat, cause that's the title. Right. But the, I mean, you obviously weren't going to draw a yacht on the front of the boat, right? <laughs> no. Did I, we? Did I give you the idea of like a, I call it a Jesus boat, you know, a first mm-hmm. century Middle Eastern boat that you would find Peter mm-hmm. and Andrew on or James and John out fishing, that kind of thing. Uh, did I did I say that specifically? Not exactly, no. And you, and that, that's, even if that was not true, that's what I want you to say, because <laughs> you took this idea of, of this boat and you made it look exactly like I wanted it to look. And I didn't do a good job explaining to you how I wanted it to look. And, uh, but that's just, that's just how God's gifted you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I want to, I want to ask you another question. I have no idea. And this is why I'm glad this is just an audio podcast, because if it were a video podcast, I wouldn't want people to see the face you might make at me <laughs> for well, I've asking. Said, I've, I've been told I, I got a good face of radio. So podcast. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's boat. yeah. Same thing. I just don't, want people to see the dumb look you give me after I ask this question. Uh, we added text 
to your artistic creation when it comes to the cover of the mm-hmm. the front and the back and you know so it's the 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 image of the waves and the boat and mm-hmm. all that stuff that's swirling pun intended around <laughs> in your head even as we're talking about it the first time you said uh but taking something artistic and when i say artistic i'm thinking flowy lines and imaginative mm-hmm. stuff and all that kind of stuff and then making it hard and rough with words mm-hmm. you know and and specific even that even that uh the barcode on the back those mm-hmm. kinds of things I, you know I, i'm sure that that you know hey we need to adjust this and put a barcode on the back i'm sure that hurts your artistic heart a little, a little bit, bit right uh but uh, taking something artistic and then making it practical mm-hmm. because you took the the, the the image that was swirling around your head already and then you made it practical and and the back of the book saying what it says and and explaining what's inside the book and it does mm-hmm. a great job and you, you you design it so great but is there something that happens in the middle of that where like i just want to be creative i don't want to be practical mm-hmm. but those two had to meet in the cover of the book did you mm-hmm. tell me about that process well it explained to me my first semester in my 2d 2d class where it's called form and function the form- what kind of class 2D. It's like everything flat. On, two, as in two-dimensional. Yes. I could only hear 2D, like oh. some girl's name or something. Okay, I'm sorry. 2D. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, it's called form and function. So the form is what it looks like, but the, what's the function of it? So like how I said a menu, Yeah. if I had a whole bunch of fonts, the form and function isn't there. It might sound good, right. but it's like too much of a good thing. Huh. So you're working with the text as it is a form, but it also gives a function. Okay. That makes sense. So that wasn't a crazy, dumb question. No, it makes, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Okay, good, good. Well, then I, uh, I'm glad that uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe it wouldn't have been a bad deal if it was a video podcast, so they could see that you didn't make a dumb look at me. Uh, so, is this the first book ever you've ever written? Published? Yes, I made one in second grade. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> was that your own book? No, it was for somebody else. It was like a collective, like little stories that all the kids made well i say kids i was one of them okay and they picked me to do the cover so so it was unofficially it, my second one in your class yes okay but for the first published one for sure yes okay <laughs> well that's cool you you uh you took something that i asked you to do and i didn't even know in fact it's been four or five months since we first talked about the idea of this of this cover um and I just now asked you, was this your first one? I didn't even think to ask you that. Like, uh, maybe I don't want you doing, I don't want you cutting your teeth on our book, right? Yeah. Um, but this is your first one. You've done a fantastic job with the cover, um, but you've also done a fantastic job with us. Uh, we've come back and forth. That uh, We've mentioned the, uh, the barcode. That was just one example. But we've even asked you for other types of marketing things and taking bits and pieces of a logo and pull it out. I mean, bits and pieces of the cover and pull it out and make logos. You've, you've been able to do that. Um, let me ask you this. Do you love doing this kind of stuff? I love it. You love it. Like I said, I was created to, to create. Created to create. You know what? At, that's deeper than I had planned on going with this, but it is a beautiful thing. And I hope that this is part of what is what results one of the results we see from the book is that people begin they, they're they're willing they're they're empowered they're encouraged they're motivated to step out of their own boat and find out what they were created for mm-hmm. and that is a beautiful picture will which i would 
expect nothing less than you to paint a pretty picture uh, of pretty you being uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, cool, modern, modern, edgy. <laughs> gorgeous. I don't even know. All right, but you taking a picture and you putting it in a in mm-hmm. a in a picture to be able to look at, created to create, and that's just you know you're bringing your skill set to the table to accomplish something uh, for the kingdom that mm-hmm. we cannot do, uh, could not have done. Uh, without you so thank you again for all you've done thank you uh for applying your skill set to this project and ultimately we're praying that it would grow the kingdom Mm -hmm. uh both here and in places we'll never be able to go so thanks again thank you all right well our last guest is abby sprinkle abby played volleyball at gardner webb and has started her own company called abby ray photography Abby does a little bit of everything. She does photography, obviously, having individual or family photo shoots. She also shoots weddings. Let's make sure we keep track of the context, right? Uh, Right. One of the best stickers I've ever seen on the back of a car is, uh, obviously, it was a photographer, and there was a picture of a camera on the back, and it's underneath it said, I shoot people. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So Abby is a photographer, but she, she does individual photo shoots. She does weddings. Um, she does graphic design and she has also done some video work for us, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, obviously she is another one of our very gifted guests, but the most important part of her gifting is that it is not mine. Your gifting is not mine. So welcome, Abby. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I think that's the beautiful thing of any healthy organization or team. Uh, a team. I, you're, you you grow up playing. You grew up playing team sports. Uh, did you play anything besides volleyball? I did gymnastics for a while when I was little, and soccer, and then volleyball. Okay, all right. So, uh, except for gymnastics, you've been a team sports yes. kind gymnastics of person. Is kind of a team sport too, yeah. in a sense. Um, but as you know, playing through college, you're a team sports person. Right. You know the importance of everybody bringing their best to the table for the sake of the team. Yes. Um, And I think that's a perfect picture of this. It's a collection of people with different skills and talents all working together for the same goal. Um, As the, as the folks listening can hear, um, you know, I wrote the words down on paper, but there's no chance that those words get into people's hands without the help of all of our guests today. So Abby, I want to ask you a couple questions. Okay. When did you start trending in this direction of design, photo, video, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I guess for photography, even since I was a little girl, I have a picture from when I was like five or six years old and I'm holding a disposable camera. And Hmm. um, I used to take pictures of my little stuffed animals and dolls and I would set them up and group them together and take pictures. So I've always had a passion for photography. Um, I didn't really seriously get into that until I was about a senior in high school. Um, And then it continued in college. But for graphic design, it honestly didn't start until I was a junior, senior in college. Hmm. So did that end up being your major? Photography was my major, and graphic design ended up being my minor. Okay. Well, what happened junior, senior year when you made that change to – uh, graphic, not change, but you added that to the, yes. to your arsenal. Yes. What was it that made you go that way? So I needed more hours to graduate and I was a communication, like that's the department that I was in and I didn't have enough hours to graduate at the time and <laughs> I didn't really want to That can get, motivate you a lot oh, differently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I graduated early and so my 
um, advisor saw that I could graduate early, but I only lacked this certain amount of classes and or this certain amount of hours. And he was like, you've pretty much taken everything in the communication department mm. that you possibly can, except for these few classes. And it was some PR classes and um, some graphic design classes. And I was like, oh, well, I'm all for it. Let's do it. You yeah. know, I'd rather do that than go to have to take another language or have to go oh, and yeah. take another math class. Oh, you don't, know? don't speak the M word. No. Yeah. So I would much rather stay in my department and do that. And that's kind of where I started with graphic design. And that's why I made that choice to do that. Hmm. So uh, my daughter took some graphic design courses in high school. Yeah. And I can remember she was, I mean, I don't know that she was a month into the first class. She said, Daddy, I love this. Was it that way for you? Was it was it a little bit more gradual? Well, so I've always been pretty creative. You know, I've always loved doodling and drawing and mm. putting things together in that way. And so I knew it was going to be fun for me. I didn't realize how much I was going to love it until I got mm. into it. And I learned a lot about um, typography and colors and how where to start from and, you know, how to start a project and get it all in an idea of where you want it to head before you even begin so that, you know, everything looks the same. And um, so I was really excited and I, I knew I would like it, but I didn't know that I would love it as much as I did. Hmm. I think I heard everything you said, but I stumbled over that word typography. Is yes, that what you just said? Yes. What in the world is that? Uh, so typography, it just, I mean, you have different kinds of fonts that you can have. It's the type that you see. So in the book that we have, um, you have certain fonts that have been used in creation-wise. And so mm. a lot of, I guess, books are Times New Roman is the font. And yeah. so typography is just learning all about the type and different ways that you can use it. And, I mean, this video that we worked on, it was animation with yeah. typography is that, okay. that's what it was well see i'm glad i could help you out in, in using what <laughs> oh, you yes. had learned all along uh i think my wife is a typographer if that's even a typographer. word typographer if if you are someone who is well versed in typography wouldn't they be a typographer i, I mean i'm a, not sure I don't someone know. <laughs> who studies geography is a geographer yeah I mean, it doesn't doesn't that make sense i don't know if a typographer is a thing but we'll go with <laughs> we'll, it we'll, we'll make it one today because i'm pretty sure my wife is one okay. if there's such a thing because she can't she went through this phase uh i don't know 10 or 12 14 years ago and I, I don't think she intentionally did it but she learned every font there was and so we're just right and it's almost irritating my wife is not irritating, but this sometimes is where she'll see something. She'll see something. Oh, uh, whatever. Oh, yeah. Britannia. Tw- I, I don't yep. even know. I can't even think of two words to put together. Oh, yeah. Uh, but she'll tell she, Oh, you know, you, you're at a, a play or a, a game and you get the, the, the program. Oh, that's so-and-so font and yep. that's so-and-so font. Yep. And so I don't know that a typographer is such a thing, but if there is, she is. Sounds like it. Yeah. So... Uh, you said that you always, I mean, you took pictures of your, your, your dolls. Yes. So at what point in your graphic design courses and your photography courses did you know that this is what you wanted to do with your, your career? Um, I think I've always known that I wanted to do something in the creative field and I didn't know what I was going to be able to use it for because I didn't Hmm. know that it could be an actual job. I didn't know it was an actual thing, you know. I mean, you see people going to school to be a nurse or a doctor or, you know, a teacher or something like that. And those are things that you see people do every day. Well, I feel like at the time, being a photographer wasn't a full-time job that you could have or Mm -hmm. being a graphic designer. I mean, it is on a big scale, but on a smaller scale, not really. And so um, I just went into it, you know, looking for something that God was leading me to and wanting me to do in college. And 
Um, once I joined the photo staff team at Gardner Webb, hmm. the professor and my advisor is the same. He was my professor and advisor. Okay. Um, and he told me that I had, he could tell that I had the passion for it. And he told me that I had a really good eye for photography and for design. And he said that even if you don't major in it, why don't you just try it out? And hmm. so that's what I did. And he taught me so much. He's taught me everything I know. He's the best. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I was talking with somebody leading as knowing that we were going to record this today and we we're talking about, uh, you know, obviously what Will does and, and how he's very artsy and, and but brings something totally different to the table. Very creative. You are very creative, but you bring something totally different to the table. And then Dennis, our first guest, um, using God given uh, skill set and um, and wisdom to to help in all kinds of ways. Um, I said this phrase that you've probably heard many times before. If you love what you do, you never have to work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that way? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I love doing what I do. I mean, I do it pretty much every day, and I don't feel like it's work. And when I do have to do something for work, I'm like, can I just not do this today? Can I just go <laughs> take some pictures? Like, that sounds a lot of fun yeah. to me. And so, yeah. Okay, so you said that, and that leads to my next question. Are there some behind – because when we're on the field – Right. We're, we're on a trip We're or I'm, I'm with someone and we're we're talking and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, ministry face to face, you know, um, I, I'm in my element. Yeah. But there are certainly parts of my job that aren't fun. Right. You know, right. There, there are times where I have to sit in front of my computer all day long in my office yeah. and those are the worst. Yes. Right. Is there is there part of your job that is like that for you that you just oh, I wish I didn't have to do this? Um, I guess the business side of it. I don't like to look at all of that stuff, but you have to yeah. um, in order to, you know, continue to do what you love to do um, that side. And then I do get tired of looking at a screen sometimes with the editing aspect of sure. things. You know, I always like to go out and do and do and do, mm -hmm. but you forget you have to come back and edit yep. and break down and go through everything and file yep. everything. And so I guess that part is not as fun to me. Um, but the way I get through that is to just kind of break it up. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to sit down for an hour or two hours mm. at a time and knock this much out. And then I'm going to give myself kind of a mental break, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. or I'm going to go eat something or I'm going to go grab some coffee. So that way I don't, you know, get as bottled down into it and be like I hate this part of my yeah, job you know yeah. so I try to keep it enjoyable as much as I can all right so you did our promotional video yes. for the book that has already gone out on social media uh, a bunch of times and been shared a bunch and and will continue to be used I'm speaking somewhere this weekend weekend that um, they have been used as it's a church actually it's your church I don't know if you knew that yeah. or not. Uh, so uh, you're sleeping in Sunday huh <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but um, they will be using the promo video, uh, or they have been using, sorry, the promo video for the next couple of weeks, mm -hmm. or the couple of weeks leading up to me speaking. And uh, and that's your work. Yes. I, hadn't, I mean, conceptually, I had an idea of what I wanted it to look like, but there was no chance I could put it together. Right. And uh, so you did our promotional video for the book. You, you've also done, uh, we call them hostage videos, could be witness protection videos, whatever. But if you've seen them out there on social media, it's, it's uh, different John Andrews talking about the release of their book. And, uh, of course, their, their uh, identity is protected. Uh, and you've done those. Uh, but I remember when you came to the office and sat down with, with our staff to talk about um, what the promo video was going to look like, and I'm trying to ex I'm trying to explain because I am not artsy at all, <laughs> right? I'm not very creative. Um, I can diagram a play to score a bucket 
with two seconds left to go on the clock i can create that but as far as creating anything else it's it's pretty much uh it's out the window for me but i remember trying to explain this to you conceptually mm-hmm. and i asked you um so how many of these have you uh, do you feel pretty comfortable yeah i think i can do that and i said so how many of these have you done before and you said just <laughs> matter of factly <laughs> confidently quickly oh this is my first one yeah and I just happened to glance over and see one of our fellow staff members, and we both had the same look on our face, like, oh, my goodness, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> um, but you were, it was fantastic. Thank you. And uh, <clears throat> so we, we, we politely said, oh, first time, okay, great. And then when you left, we thought, oh, no, you know, but you, you came through in, a, in an incredible way. Thank you. And... Um, you know, they say there's a first time for everything. Right. So I guess this was it. And oh, yeah. you, you came through uh, with flying colors. Um, as we've walked through this podcast and we've been able to see the different parts of this whole process, um, it was also cool to see how you took Will's concept of the cover and then took that and pieced it together in the video with the waves and the boat and everything else. And and to me, it's 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 interesting for me to look at that. And know that I could do none of that, but somehow conceptually we were we I was a part of that, and you see the different pieces, the different parts of the body bringing their their gifts together for yes. the benefit of the kingdom, mm-hmm. like Paul was talking about, because it was Will's concept, uh, Will's design for the for the book and the boat and the water and the waves and everything else and the colors even i would not he said what you know if he had asked me what colors i wanted to use for the book probably wouldn't have chosen blue and yellow right um but i love it you know and then i'm telling you conceptually we want this this is the script and this is how we want it read and this is you know and then you just took will's stuff and you took my stuff and you mashed them together yes. or mashed them together yep. squashed them together i would like to say uh masterful masterfully and uh and I, I think that's just a great picture of the the body as god has designed it working um at its best and so i want to appreciate uh what you did um both with the promo video and then also the uh, the uh, we'll call them witness protection hostage seems a bit extreme uh, witness protection videos and helping us promote promote the book and taking your expertise and your love and your background um, and applying it to to further the kingdom so thank you uh, for that and playing a role in all of that Uh, so I say all that to say this from the beginning our prayer has been that this book would brag on Jesus point people to him and challenge the believer to step out of his or her own boat and dare to do something crazy for him. Today, 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 the book is available on Amazon in three different versions, hard copy, ebook, and an audiobook. And you can also purchase the hard copy at utterlyamazed.com. We hope you will grab a copy or five and help us use this as a tool to help grow the kingdom around the world and also celebrate with us as you get a glimpse of the things that God has done both through and in the Impact Sports team. We'd also love to hear your story of what God did in and through you when you stepped out of your own boat. You can go to utterlyamazed.com and also there's a place for you to tell us your story from outside the boat. And as a reminder, we will be releasing these podcasts the first and third Tuesdays of every month. Please share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested. 
Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcast and follow us on social media. We will see you next time on I Say All That to Say This.